Welcome to episode 30 of the movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, we cover Hellraiser from 1987. We have such insights to show you. Welcome to the Movie City Maniacs. I'm Maddie, And I'm Kyle. And uh, I'm actually here to talk about uh, what my uh, pickup line in college was. Do you know, <laughs> did you remember me saying this when I was hanging out with girls? I don't want to know, but sure. I'll tell your whole apart. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, gross. Gross, right? Um, I brought the... It, uh, it didn't work. <laughs> I brought the leather. We got some bull whips well, here. Weren't you called the smell razor as well? <laughs> was that you or no? Was that somebody else? <laughs> And uh, yeah, we got we got the leather, the whips, and we got the code word ready here. Which which what's it going to go by? I think they used to call your dick the pinhead, wasn't that the nickname that they used to call? <laughs> Jesus. Yep, this is the movie City Maniacs, and we're getting down and dirty right from the beginning. Oh, Fitting for this oh, uh, this episode though, which is full of just lots of uh... almost like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like sadomasochistic. Yeah, exactly. Behavior, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's it's a horror film that again released in '87 that was kind of different than everything else mm-hmm. at the time. Like, it kind of got blended in with the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the the Friday Thirteenth, kind of all the slasher films. But and there's definitely some gory moments. But I, it's definitely not a slasher film. It's a lot more interesting. It is so. I was uh, mesmerized. I remember part two being amazing, but the first one I remember a bit boring. It seemed a bit like an English soap opera, but with violence. It is way better than I remember it being. Yeah, we'll get into it, but yeah. I definitely for me, it's it's this is like a fine wine because it keeps yeah. on getting better. Yeah, right? Like, I, I I felt the same way the first time I watched it. I was like, that was pretty good, but mm. it didn't live up to all the hype that I had and my high expectations. I think I expected more of like lots of gory kills and yeah. all these Cenobites to do cool things. Keep coming out and, and like, a, and don't get me yeah. wrong. Well, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it. But yeah, I was, uh, I, I quite enjoyed it this time around. But dope, right? We'll get more into yeah. it uh, before we get into it. Uh, did you watch anything? Anything you want to uh, talk about? I uh, went and checked out the Black Panther. Okay, dude, I actually had a ton of fun with this movie. Like, I am binged out on Marvel. I can't handle any more Marvel movies. I'm kind of getting, yeah, I'm, I'm kind uh, of... overwhelmed with how much they're coming out. But Black Panther kind of blew me away. They didn't have anything to do with the Avengers, which is kind of cool. The whole movie takes place on this island called Wakanda or what have you. That was great, but when they moved out of that island, it kind of got shitty. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's definitely nice to see mm-hmm. a Marvel film. It seems like they've been rel- relying too much on the Avengers. Like, when you have a Spider-Man film and you can't even sell it on Spider-Man, who's right? one of the biggest superheroes of all time, you have to sell it on Iron Man, there's a bit of a problem there. Right? 
Yeah, but this movie actually uh, they actually had a really cool villain in this. It was almost like a, I don't want to say real life, but that's not true. But it actually had a relatable villain in this movie, which is kind of cool. Well, and it's directed by uh, Ryan Ryan Coogler, who, yeah. um, coming off of Creed, which I, I thought Creed was fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorite films of that year. Actually, was Michael, Michael B. Jordan, B. Jordan was, was in that as well. Was Creed, yeah. yeah, he's the villain in this, I believe. But yeah, he was actually amazing in this movie, and he did a great job. So it's not because... We're kind of getting the same thing. When Wonder Woman came out, everyone said, "Ah, everyone's just loving it because of uh, you know it's, it's a, a feminist female. movie." Like, no, and no. now this one, it's kind of like everyone's just loving it because now we got a black superhero. It Does was, it actually it cool. live up past that? Again, it, it's a Marvel movie. You you got to yeah. know that going in there. It's not going to be like, oh wow, this is uh, it's not Winter Soldier. It's not even in the upper echelons, but it's not in the lower echelons. But it's it, just an average Marvel movie, which I went in expecting nothing. But it at least has its nothing. own story to tell. That's exactly which it. Is, again, that, that's all I really want. I mean, mm. I, I get Marvel's not going to... They're They've got a formula. Every movie they release mm. makes a billion dollars. Why would they change it? Yeah, they're it? not going to fuck around with but, it. But um, yeah, I always get disappointed when you see a movie and it just seems like... Again, there were some know. like jokes I just rolled my eyes like... Uh, my eyes kind of hurt from rolling them so much, but <laughs> that's Marvel, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I've, unfortunately, I haven't watched uh, much this week myself. I- I'm still recovering after the uh, best of 2017. I feel <laughs> like I watched like 30 movies in a couple weeks span. So I needed a bit of a break just to throw on some TV. I've been actually watching uh, a lot of the documentaries. I picked up um, for for this Hellraiser series, yeah. I picked up the, well, I had it a little before, but Arrow released this insane box set. Expensive for three films, but... What you do get is hours and hours of extra. So I've been going through the documentaries. Is it worth the? Uh, okay, so hypothetically, what is it, like a hundred bucks? Is it worth the extra? I'm going to say fifty for all these extras. I, I mean, again, I, I'm an extra horse. So yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I'm still going through it. Some of the best stuff I'm really excited about is on the fourth disc. So hopefully, mm. by the time we get to the third film, I'll watch them. I can talk about them a bit more. I'll, I'll mention some of them a bit throughout the episode today that relate to the first film. But again, I haven't got through them all because there's literally hours and hours yeah. of extras. And that being said, like I've watched like uh, what Memories of Camp Crystal Lake. I've watched like Never yeah. Sleep Again. I like the documentaries. So I'm- yeah, well, yeah, th- this and, and it comes in a really cool package. Mm-hmm. You get this big hardcover book like it's a it's a really nice set so yeah. it's kind of like you're you're paying for that too i mean that yeah. stuff's not cheap they're not just thrown in you know plain old uh, blu-ray cases champion. inside of a box which who knows maybe some people would prefer because you get mm-hmm. the original theatrical art which i always enjoy so maybe that would have been better but the whole collection feels like whoever put it together knows was a fan, was a fan knew what they're doing yeah. but um yeah i mean i can definitely give a better rating on it in the end when i've went through the documentaries i will say i mean we can get into it again more, but this was a British production. Yeah. So when you have the documentaries, you're getting... Oi, oi, this is what we did when we did Hellraiser. <laughs> said English, not Australian. Oi, oi, that was English. <laughs> Your wife is English. I know. <laughs> She's probably like sitting there... <laughs> <laughs> Cringing. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Uh, that's even worse than my accents. Oi, but oi. Um, no, yeah, like... Uh, bloody cup of tea there, Hellraiser. It is, it's a little bit dry. You're not getting mm-hmm. crazy, insane stories. People aren't ripping on other people in the cast. Like, they yeah. kind of all... These are nice British They're folk. nice and polite. <laughs> um, but th- there are some fun mm-hmm. stories and whatnot in there, some cool trivia. So it, I'm, I'm enjoying it. There's an hour and a half documentary for the first film. There's other featurettes and interviews but the main thing and then the second film I think it's like two two and a half hours but apparently those two documentaries were in in UK only they released an eight hour documentary only covering the first two films though which is 
I hate when they do that because it's like I get those are the two best films. Yeah. I want to hear the stories about the shitty films because usually those are the more, most stories. exciting, the dramatic. Yeah. But yeah, I guess they released this eight-hour documentary, and what they, these documentaries are, and apparently some people said that documentary was just too much. It wasn't edited properly. There wasn't. It was yeah. literally like a lot of talking heads. They didn't add a lot of like pictures and stuff in to keep it exciting. A little bit boring. And like a lot of repetition. So Arrow took a lot of that footage, but they edited it down to like a more reasonable level. And again, like, yeah, I don't know. It's not that it's not a good documentary, but I don't think if it, if this was stretched out two to three times the length, I don't know. I think even with extras, that documentary is 11 hours Holy for just covering moly. two films. So I, I think that's a little much. Yeah. Um, the way Arrow's got it, they, they're constantly throwing pictures and everything at you. So I think they edited it a lot mm. better. So, um, um, again, I'm not saying I would never pick that up, but they released it in North America as a completist. Okay, I'd be so that's curious, not the documentary. It's but... <laughs> like Clive Barker sitting around, like the uh, candles talking. No, that, and, I um... believe that some of the the Anchor Bay. Um, documentaries did make it on here but some of them didn't unfortunately so you got to hold on to your anchor bay discs as well unfortunately but you know surprisingly actually that's the one bad thing about these two long documentaries they weren't able to get a hold of clive barker or ashley lawrence which is a huge knock but again there's still a lot of cool stories in there and it is i mean arrow's great at putting together these documentaries actually in the documentary uh in the um anchor bay he's saying like listen i'm kind of glad this is done i'm doing this interview it feels like I'm closing the chapter of this my my life. Like after this interview, yeah. I'm kind of done. It's, it belongs to you, the people. Now I'm kind of yeah. So, but yeah, that's what I've been watching. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you check out anything else? Or I watched The Road for the first time in uh, since it first came like out. Like Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, or? dude, don't watch this movie. <laughs> it is so depressing. Oh, it's so good though. <laughs> it is so good. The entire time, I'm like. I'm sitting on the edge. Like I made like a sandwich. I was going to eat it when I was watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't touch the sandwich. I just started watching. It. I'm like. I am in it's, this yeah, movie hundred percent from the beginning man. and just and there's a lot of horrific moments like it, scary moments. It is it's cr- terrifying. And he is constantly just putting this gun to his kid's head. Like I'm like, oh, is oh 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 no! Yeah. Like I was jumping every time that scene happened. with the people in the basement. Oh, is fucking killed disturbing. you. Uh, the what's worse about that is um when they're outside the house and they're just hearing what's going on in there. It's like yeah. oh oh. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we haven't done the ratings. What, what would you give Black Panther? And what would you give uh, the Road? Uh, Black Panther, I'm going to give it six point five, and okay. the Road, I gotta give eight. It yeah, is nice. so good. That, that sounds about right for me. I'd yeah. probably be around that. I might even go a little bit higher. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't think I can watch this movie again. Like it's that <laughs> ah, tense. You'll yeah. watch it again. I probably years. Years. yeah. A couple years, like, about it. I'll forget about. It. Like yeah, I want to watch a dystopian future yeah. movie. Let's watch. Well, the road. I actually again, I haven't watched this. So I can't talk about, mm-hmm. but and I want to do an episode. I just picked up Threads, which is supposed to be that's the uh, English one the BBC it's supposed to be one of the most disturbing films it's like the nuclear holocaust yeah it's pretty much after the after effects after effects sorry and from what I've heard it's very disturbing because there's also the day after which was the American one the day after actually Ronald Reagan that was one of the main like that had such an impact on him that led to him like making stopping the war not touching the button yeah exactly that's crazy but I heard this is even way worse and way more disturbing. So it's never had a release in North America ever. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's only broadcast like once or twice, I think, that they're saying. Um, I'm not too sure. I know, like, again, it's been on DVD a lot in UK, but this is first time North America. So, yeah, I'm, day after Kino's supposed to be releasing this year on Blu-ray, so I'm thinking when that well, hits, we can do a, uh, we'll pick it up, do a post-apocalyptic. Day after tomorrow? Just have, you know, each film will get more and more depressing. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have to start off with, like, Panic in Year Zero, kind of like this fun, <laughs> fun. 50s uh, after the bomb, and well, then go to... And you can maybe throw Miracle Mile in there. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually haven't seen any of those. I've seen Panic in Year Zero, but I haven't seen Miracle Mile Day After or Threads. So, yeah. And have you seen any of those three? Or No, I haven't. So this would be, yeah, it'd be a, that 
There's a there's a show we're, okay. we're calling that whenever it's, Tino is, releases it. Is it day after it. it was a TV made for TV movie it as well? Is, yeah. And then like they had like the, uh, they had a, a news doc at the end of it. Like this and again, is I, have, I haven't seen it, times. but it's supposed to be yeah. really good as well. So um, there you go. There's we're throwing out. There's a future, yeah, an episode in our future. Um, any anything else, or should we jump yeah, into jump uh, right into it, man? Okay, um, I guess we'll throw out the trailer. Here's the trailer for Hellraiser from 1987, and when it's done, we'll be back to talk about it. I have seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. finds he has given more than he bargains for when he solves the puzzle of the lament configuration a doorway to hell but his ex-lover has found a way of bringing him back while his niece finds herself bargaining with the Cenobites whose greatest pleasure is the greatest pain oh that's the Marquis de Sade shit right there baby Yes, we are talking about Clive Barker's uh, directorial debut, actually, mm. um, of his classic story. Um, this is an adaptation of The Hellbound Heart, which was, I don't was it one of his first novels? I'm not too sure. Was it a novel with like a short story? It is. A, no, it's a full-length it, novel. A novel. Have you read any no, Clive Barker? No, I haven't. Barker? I don't know if I've talked about it before, but mm. I used to like be a big reader when I was a kid, and then yeah. I just ran out of time and but now i have this i've had this long commute for for years but every time i would try to pull out a book on the bus or train i would get motion sickness and get sick so i couldn't read but yeah like recently i just tried again and i was fine so i've been able to read so now i'm kind of like there's all these stories i want to read but this is one of them i definitely want to check out um but yeah, I, I wish I could have read it before. Did you ever the go to like episode, audible.com? But, uh, yeah, I've listened to audiobooks as well. I've, mm. I've you know, I've, that's how I've checked out Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. and I Am Legend, a lot of classic stories like that. But yeah, e- either way, this is going to be up on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to check out uh, Clive Barker. What's that other? He did a short story collection as well. I can't remember the name of it, know. but um, is it The Book of Blood? Uh, anyways, no uh, yeah, I'm really surprised. I thought you'd be all about yeah, it uh, Clive like Barker. I should be reading. Because you love. Hellraiser and I Clive do. Barker. You've read like some of the graphic novels. Yeah. And... I should get into this. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm, that'll, that'll be your homework. Reading? What am I, a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the original title for this movie uh, was The Sadomasochist from Beyond the Grave, which is kind of <laughs> oh, cool. That sounds amazing. 
And uh, that would be such an inappropriate title for this movie, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, the the, the studio definitely didn't yeah. like it, so he threw it out to like the cast and crew to yeah. come up with a name. And this is kind of just a fun little trivia bit. I guess there are some six-year-old woman in, in the crew, yeah. and she came up with the title, which, in my opinion, perfectly fits the film. Yeah, for sure. What a woman will do for a good fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Was that what the title was? That, that was what t- she came up with, the six-year-old woman. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much this film in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, we, of course, we're talking about the plot of this film is that um, it opens up with Frank. Frank. I never quite understood what this box was. It's like, do these people try to open it because they want to feel pain? I guess they have figured out like uh, they are sick of what the world has to show them, and this box will be like a new uh, sense. Well, so what, what I read is in the book, at least, I don't know if the movie doesn't mm-hmm. really ex- go into this much detail, but he's already experienced all the pleasures of the world, and he th- he hears about this box and thinks that it's going to like give him new, 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 new worldly new, pleasures. Exactly. And mm-hmm. he thinks it's going to be a bunch of like hot women yeah. come out of it or something. And, and you know, and he has the time of his life, but instead the Cenobites come out who are like these, again, in the book, they're like non male, non female, and they're all like sexless. Exactly. Kind of weird looking. But then he just goes with it, and then and in the book they actually give him an option. They're not as, um, I guess, sadistic. They actually say like, "You have the option to experience this, but you can back out now." They actually like, oh, they give him like they give a, him a choice, and he's like, he goes for it in the end, and and you know he experiences he gets, the pleasure, the pleasures and the pain. <laughs> yeah, that's like, like I guess weird, like uh, Marquis de Sade, like the guy who's like yeah. to experience like pure pleasure, you have to experience pure yeah. pain. And what I what I've got out of it too is that they've been doing this for so long they don't even know the difference anymore from what is pleasure and what is pain. Oh, the that's Cenobites. crazy. But, um, yeah. A- anyway, see, he, uh, he opens up the box. He's been searching around the world. He finds it, um, which I think in the book too he may possibly um, offer some um, head some pleasures to get to get it. Uh, oh, but anyway, he gets book sounds way more interesting <laughs> than the movie. He gets a box, which the opening is fantastic. So he gets this box. Almost like a monkey's paw. Like, yeah, yeah. And then you, you just want? hear yeah. like horrors. And then yeah. you like, there's this cool, this pillar that's just spinning around. And you just hear the, the creaking of this pillar. Yeah, so and good. on it is all these body parts. And there's body parts all hanging everywhere yeah. from all these chains. And, and, and it's all over the these, ground like, and blood. Uh, and chains and hooks that just come out of nowhere with like, the, yeah. and they just rip right into his flesh. Yeah. And it looks like a cool, like, um, practical effect of like that well, flesh. And yeah, you open. just get, you just get a tease yeah. now but in the end you do get a full yeah. like you get what to happens. see really what happened the full experience and it, but it, it's messed up like all his yeah. body parts and his face is broken up yeah. into pieces and okay. like pinhead is like putting the face back together yeah. like what a way the, those those first five minutes or so mm-hmm. that they open up the film it's like I'm blown away you get a, a little tease of the Cenobites yeah. and you're like what is this film like it's right? already got me pardon the pun it's already got me hooked in and we talk about the Cenobites for a bit they look insane like nothing oh, so you cool. have seen before in any movie. well and right? each one has its own unique characteristics mm-hmm. we have of course Pinhead yeah. who uh, I was reading Clive Barker actually never liked that name he kind of felt it I guess kind of made it um, goofy undignified the yeah. character yeah so he is he always when lead, lead named him as a or priest he named him as uh, and apparently he said again i don't know if it ever happened but he had plans to eventually release what his name was was going to be in a later book uh-huh. or movie or something uh, you had the female cenobite who uh, again i think the cast and crew had various sexual names for her but uh, she mostly went by deep throat <laughs> because <laughs> she has it looks like a vaginal throat right yeah exactly yeah. Um, but she's got a cool presence yeah. to her i think too i, I don't know if 
Pinhead in the in the novel was originally female, but it, he definitely had like this excited female voice, apparently, like a teenage <laughs> girl's voice, which would have been really weird because I think like Doug Bradley's yeah. voice and presence adds so much to this. You think again in later yeah. films, it's like Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare films. Yeah. In this film, he's just kind of in the shadows. He, he delivers a couple of lines, yeah. but it's not till later on that he becomes, you know, almost like a character. Exactly. But in, in this film, like he's quite quite menacing in such a and, presence, in like a standoffish way. Like we will take you. Like he's yeah. almost oh, like, yeah, like yeah. stoic in his yeah. like. Um, yeah, his great. We'll tear you apart. <laughs> or his, what's the other one? Something I'll about tear the soul, your soul um, apart. Yeah, something like that. And then, yeah, we have such sights to show you. But his voice is so, like, deep and, like, bassy and amazing. And um, we also have the Chatterer, who's this really cool-looking Cenobite. I guess it's like he has, like, um, barbed wire wrapped around his head, and he's just chattering constantly. Yeah, and it, well, he's got like no eyes, and his yeah. face is almost like pulled back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching him. I'm like, he's cool looking, but he's missing. Like they could have made him menacing. His teeth just seem too perfect. Yeah, and then they actually cover that in the documentary. It's weird. I was thinking about that, and then, like five yeah. minutes later in the documentary, they explained it. Originally, they actually did it, and they show the test. They he had like these sharp um, teeth and everything, but he looked too monstrous. And like Clive Barker said, he wanted the Cenobites to look human. He wanted them to all seem like they were human at one time. Oh, okay, there are these there there's extra dimensional beings like possibly from another world but they yeah. still were human at one point I guess yeah. I guess he felt it made it too kind of goofy and monstrous I don't know That's and then crazy. of course we have um, what's his name Butter Butterball Butterball who's yeah. like kind of the, the fat Cenobite with the, the glasses but they all definitely I, have I know a guy who looks exactly like that which is kind of weird they all have their own personality and, and yeah. look and, and yeah they, they all stand out like you could look at any of them and be like I could watch a film with these characters yeah. so I, I think that's definitely cool but yeah and, and I guess we didn't really describe but the Cenobites are like these he says something like we're not angels we're not demons oh, well, angels to some demons to others yeah like they're just from some other dimension and mm-hmm. they're there to experience the pleasure and, and the pain and deliver that's the weird, pleasure right? and pain I guess but anyway, so yeah, it opens up. Uh, Frank gets torn apart, and then we cut to his brother is now moving into the house. Like it was their grandma's house. Yeah, his brother and his wife, and then we also get a flashback that you find out Frank was fucking his brother's wife, right? Like a week before her wedding, literally on, on her, her wedding, wedding dress. dress. That's weird, right? <laughs> and it's I'm mean, it's not just like a standard. Like it's some kinky stuff yeah. going on there. He's pulling out a knife apparently that thing too like that scene was going to be a lot more like raunchier oh yeah he's gonna but like the ratings board was like oh, oh you, you can't do that not how about instead of doing that you add a little bit more violence <laughs> <laughs> so they were they were like pretty much suggesting you know yeah. how about you pull he pulls out yeah. a knife on her <laughs> during amazing. sex instead of having him slap in her ass so <laughs> there's the rating boards for All you right, man um but yeah, anyways, we get a flashback. You find out she's in love with him. And I don't even, is it like a lover? Is it just like they, they have this kinky bond? I think it's just lust. Like, yeah. who knows? But she definitely has no interest in her husband at all. That's the Isn't impression that you so get. Isn't so weird? Like, she doesn't care for him well, whatsoever. I, I think it, you kind of get the impression that she just moved in for security or yeah, something. Yeah, that makes and, sense. Um, the husband is a guy from uh, People on the Stairs, right? Uh, I don't think so. I, th- I think it might be. Or he's in uh, Twin Peaks, too. I, I forget the cat's name. Yeah, no, he w- he wasn't in Twin Peaks, but he was uh, the Scorpio killer in Dirty Harry, which is weird because he looks nothing like. I didn't even recognize him till they mentioned it's that weird, in the making. Right? Uh, he did Transfers Three and Pumpkinhead Two, and he's got a whole catalog of films. But um, yeah, he he was decent in this. Um, the one thing I I did want to mention: Did you notice Frank 
his voice the whole time was off. A little bit, right? Like almost like it was dubbed weird. Yeah. So like, apparently, Italian? like halfway through, this was a British production. Halfway through, the company's like, uh, "Can we actually make this set in America?" So they had to change the location to America, and then they dubbed anyone that had like a really British accent. They overdubbed it with an English, that, sorry, with an American accent. So this movie felt so, so weird. I'm glad you brought that up because I was like talking to my wife, like, "Is this movie filmed in England?" Like mm. I couldn't tell because it felt like an English soap yeah. opera. I can't tell if it was filmed in England or America. America, like I think even odd. Doug Bradley, they were going to yeah. change his voice because he's a British actor. But yeah. then they heard it and they're like, "No, we'll, we'll let that, okay. that. That one's good." So it was filmed in Britain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, it, it pretty much is a British production. Like I think yeah. it was financed from Americans, America? but like it was mostly British actors. That's what I thought. But yeah, and then we also are introduced to. Uh, they have a daughter, Kirsty, played by uh, Ashley Lawrence. It's one of her. She first is films. amazing in this movie, by the way. You know what? I, I don't know. I loved her in this movie. I think she's. Uh, you can tell. Like this is, I think, her first movie role. And you can kind of tell. You think so? I think she gets better with the other films. I believe. I, I there's definitely times where she was overacting. And, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. she, she's she's attractive. <laughs> yeah. She gets, maybe she that's what I enjoyed. For. But there was one cool sequence I was going to talk to you about. Is like the dream sequence where she is having this weird dream. And there's almost like chicken feathers flying everywhere, and there's a baby crying in the background, and the um, sheet it just starts bleeding. Do you remember that scene? I don't know. If I oh, it is cool. Too. That's in the first film. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Then she wakes up and calls her dad. Oh, okay, yeah, like in the near the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she also has a whole catalog of, of films for all, all the actors in this they've kind of they've done, you know, they've all done a couple uh-huh. couple horror films, but nothing like nothing that they're really memorable. I think to me all the actors in this are, are most memorable for this picture, yeah. in, in my opinion at least. Um, and then she has a love interest, which is thrown in there. And he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that whole subplot could have went like, there is no reason for Whatsoever. it. So pointless. It didn't really go anywhere. Like he's literally there to like appear at the end and yeah, I think so. And save her, but not save her. Like he tries to like, <laughs> so we're, we're getting ahead, but yeah, she's destroying the monsters with this box. And he's, I don't know if you noticed, but I thought it was kind of funny. So he tries to like grab it off her and do it and she like hits his hand away and she's like I got this motherfucker <laughs> he was kind of a weenie wasn't yeah. he um, but yeah that, that's pretty much the cast it's it's definitely mm. like a. it mostly takes place in the house and it takes place I guess there is that like hobo who's like eating crickets and whatnot. yeah like there's that, a that, that was a weird character right I thought that was Clive Barker but it wasn't huh. it kind of looked like Clive Barker or like Alan Moore or something mm. now like present time yeah. Clive Barker Alan Moore yeah there, there's a hobo that is kind of in there just to For be weird no apparent reason right Um, and then yeah you have like again you have couple of characters here and there yeah. like it, the, you have the movers there yeah. who are just there to like check out the daughter and the <laughs> yeah, wife that's great right what did you think about so the wife is supposed to be this like she's got the husband she's got the brother that's screwing yeah. her she's got the movers checking her out she's she, picking up all these people at these ugly, bars right well I, I don't want to say ugly I don't think she's ugly she but she's not conventionally attractive she's definitely not like I, she I, looks I, like a headmistress she should be a, a vice principal of the school yeah exactly I just I don't and know not if like I that bought sexy way yeah I don't yeah. know if I bought that she's like mm. getting easily picking up yeah. all these people I mean maybe in Britain it's a different maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe in Britain the standards are a exactly. little bit different um, but yeah no again keep that's in how mind. I met my wife actually <laughs> it's like she has way low 
standards. Keep in mind, I mean, this she's probably like what in her thirties, forties then, and she's totally got that eighties hair. Like, yeah. I wonder if I wonder if she had different hair and different makeup. Be. It might be different, and maybe in the time that was like a sexy look. But yeah, yeah that that hair doing that makeup was I, not doing anything for me. I even like like, like oh, this. I talked to my wife like she is not attractive, right? Like this is kind of gross. Like, yeah. um, one thing I do want to bring up though is the score. How oh, fucking dude. good is the score? It is like amazing. it opens up, the, it opens the movie. You got the score by Christopher Young, and it, it's fantastic. He's coming off of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two, um, I believe Invasion um, from Mars, the Toby Hooper film. Mm. He's still doing um, films. He did uh, one of your favorite scores, Tales from the Hood. Oh, amazing! Um, but yeah, he's still doing like he recently did Sinister, and uh, I forget. I think he did like something like oh, last year. Like he's still working, doing man. like five films a year, maybe even ten films a year. So he's still getting a lot of work. But yeah, th- this to me again, this is probably his highlight for me. When I look at all his scores, like this is the one for me. I think. Yeah, it's. it's I, it's I think good. it's fantastic. It does a great job of making your skin crawl, mm-hmm. but also this big epic orchestra score um, um I, yeah i don't know i just i really yeah. enjoyed it apparently yeah i guess uh clive barker originally had this industrial um uh, like a metal band wasn't it it wasn't metal it's was like industrial electronic kind of band called coil and i guess like they he said like he'd put on their cds and like he couldn't even finish them because they were just too fucking weird and creepy <laughs> but they actually did a whole score for this film but then when it came down to it the studio was like ah we don't want to have to pay these guys um royalties royalties so they they made him just, you know, get go for Christopher Young, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess you can. I, apparently, that's hard to find. I don't. I'm, I'm sure it's on YouTube these days, but mm-hmm. um, I guess they did release a CD of the unreleased score. Oh, for did they? Hours. I haven't had a chance. So I'm gonna look. Mm. I'll search for it and maybe you know check it out before the next episode and we can comment yeah. on it. But I, I definitely would be curious about that. Um, I guess we should talk about, of course, this was written and directed by Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I wish we have both read more novels of his. I, uh, I agree. But he directed this. He directed Nightbreed, which he also wrote um, Lord of Illusions, um, which I, I haven't seen Lord of Illusions. Have you? Yeah, yeah I watched it not too long ago, actually. Okay. It's, it's all right. I have the Scream Factory yeah. release. I, need to, mm-hmm. I think that thing, I think that movie, too, has two different cuts. Oh, yeah? Because Nightbreed, of course, was the big Scream Factory release for all oh, this, yeah. for, you know, the past 20, 30, 20, yeah, it'd be 30 years, right? Yeah, the past 30 yeah. years, that it's only been available as a theatrical cut. Apparently, the director's cut footage was gone, but they finally like found it in a vault, and they put all this money in. Like, it was an expensive release I picked up. It was like 70 bucks, That's but crazy. you got the theatrical cut, but you also got the director's cut all like, re-edited yeah. and re-scored and whatnot. But um, I enjoy Nightbreed. It's, it's definitely yeah. not a masterpiece, it but it's an weird. interesting film. Is it Dave Lynch? Is he, um, um, David Cronenberg, yeah, plays the villain, which yeah. is so weird. Um, but then, well, oh, he didn't direct, but he also wrote, which was adapted, Rawhead Rex, which I talked about I haven't recently. Seen that. I want to check this out. It's fun. Uh, yeah, you have yeah. to borrow it off me. Uh, Candyman, of course, one of your oh, favorite so films. Good. That's what I'm saying. You're Clive Barker, yeah. and, and Jesus, Matty, I start reading. Yeah, uh, Quicksilver Highway. He did one of the stories for that. Uh, Midnight Meat Train and uh, Book of Dead, of course. Which I heard though, the Book of Dead adaptation isn't that. It doesn't have that much in common with the book, from what I've heard. Okay. But I'm still curious. Yeah, there, there are some changes between the book and the movie that, which maybe I'll try mm. to bring up as we as we talk about it. But yeah, let, let's just jump into. Can we uh, talk about the effects? Yeah, the effects in this movie are insane, right? Well, here's the, here's the thing. There's there's a couple moments good. again with the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. like when especially when the skin's ripping apart, you can tell it's fake. 
Yeah, and and of course that the monster, the engineer, I think it's called in the book. Yeah, we should, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I don't want to. I do want to talk about that, but yeah. what I want to talk about is a reconstruction oh, of his yeah, body. That's fantastic! Is insane, right? Yeah, like I think there's a couple moments where you're like, "Ooh, that's not that it doesn't hold up as well." But then there's a couple moments where you're like, "How the fuck did they do that? It's that's crazy. incredible!" And yeah, With so Frank, Frank is resurrected, shooting up from the. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it is so Yeah, good. he's pretty much rebuilt and regenerated from the ground up. Yeah. And he looks fantastic. And when so what happens is a bit of blood drips onto the ground, which resurrects uh, Frank, the uh, husband's brother. And at first he's like this cool looking creature. Like yeah. he's got no legs or they're all shriveled up and he's crawling on his hands. Oh, it looks so and creepy. what he asks, she has to kill people lure men there pretending she's going to sleep with them only to kill them with so he can get their blood and, and slowly regenerate and become more human um, which is such, it's again this whole story I think is such a really cool yeah. interesting fresh idea and we haven't even really talked about the box yet mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's really cool. And eventually he gets to a point where he's literally reborn, but without the skin, oh, so, which is such a great image. So and good. you've seen that ripped off several times since, but he's walking around all blood. And there, I even love the scene where he's just walking around wearing the suit <laughs> over top, like the, the, the bloody he body. He looks like, you ever seen Pin? The, the dolphin yeah, pin. Yeah, he looks yeah. like pin, like the yeah. uh, anatomically correct, like doll with no skin. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. But yeah, no, the, the effects are for the most part it's uh, so good. great. Especially, I guess they did it by... Re- melting bones but and then reversing it yeah it like wax and stuff amazing. yeah yeah um yeah let's talk about the puzzle box uh, mm-hmm. i guess it's called the lament configuration or the lamachard's box i don't know if no i'm pronouncing idea. that right but what is what an iconic oh yeah the actual box. design it's almost like a character in itself mm-hmm. almost as memorable as any of the you know Villain horror movie villains, in my opinion, but such a I, I just love this idea of that you have to solve this puzzle, and if you do, you even, open up the gates pretty much to hell. Accidentally, yeah, which is crazy to me, right? And just when the the Cenobites just that that scene, so um, Ashley Lawrence's character mm-hmm. gets a hold of the box, and she's in the hospital, and she's fooling around with it, and opens up, and that scene is so fucking incredible. How they like all the the blood starts shooting out of the um uh, IV uh, the IV pack and the the walls are shaking the lights and like it almost looks insane cuz of the tiles of the wall yeah, like, oh, yeah. go from like white to black and like a sh- light shines through underneath oh, it and what's really cool is you can kind of see i swear you could see like someone walking back there behind mm-hmm. like this the shadow silhouettes of the cenobites coming which i thought was just this eerie kind of uh just is really feel. just is yeah really really cool atmosphere but yeah and then they come and that's the first time uh, she gets to witness them, and what what a yeah. like cool entrance! It, it's amazing, and um, yeah, that's where she pretty much makes the deal that she will help them track down. She, they don't believe that someone could escape their hell, mm. but she's like, "No, he escaped. I'll help you track him down if you leave you me and me my out. and dad dad alone." Um, but yeah, that scene is is incredible. There's so many. Like again, I enjoyed this movie the first time I watched it, but I never. You've always enjoyed it more than me, and oh, I never. So I never. I don't know if I would say got your love. I just didn't appreciate it the same mm-hmm. way you did. And you know, watching it this time, it's like totally like I went from like you know a seven to like an eight eight point five. Like yeah. this movie just blew me away. If I was doing my top one hundred now, this would be on there. Like right? I, I totally loved it. I'm excited to. It, it just got me really excited to I'm check really out part excited two. I'm really excited about watching part two, actually. I, I'm really curious. I know part two has a lot more effects and cool stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I'm curious how, like, I don't know. Th- I just love the story in this one. I love that it's yeah. kind of like this smaller character-based horror film that just has... Because I think, again, I think 
when you get to the this, the later sequels, if you're going to start showing these characters all the time and they're talking, I think it it will kind of take yeah. away. Like I think the way they are now, where they're only in the movie for a couple scenes, when they show up, you're scared shitless with the music and everything. Mm. And I don't know how they're like hold the, up. The, the Will Ferrell of uh, monsters. He yeah. put it in like five <laughs> ten minutes and then uh, let him do his own thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess one thing we should touch upon, it definitely, the whole film does have this kind of S&M feel to it. Even the the Cenobites are all kind of black leather. Chains. There's the scene where um, the Chatterer comes and grabs, in, in the hospital scene, and grabs Ashley Lawrence. He doesn't grab her like you'd expect in a normal. Yeah. He sticks like his two fingers in her, in her mouth. Yeah, it's weird, right? There's a lot of like definitely kinky images yeah. and and yeah, <laughs> and even the sex scene again. I would love to see the original cut because it, it feels like it is missing that. It feels like it would have been more appropriate if it was like raunch. To have just not not necessarily raunch is maybe the wrong word, but just to be a little more real, a less, little less more vanilla. You know yeah, what I'm exactly. Like a bit more like pulling hair, like a punching her. Yeah, exactly. Kind of choking it it her definitely seems like it was missing yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And again, Clive Barker, all his stories kind of have that. Um, twinge of uh... well yeah it seems like he's kind of always into you know kind of going a little above the breaking the taboo Mm -hmm. a bit um, which I'm sure this film did at the time actually I I did wanted to mention because I found this cool tidbit and it involves Ontario Canada you don't really hear much about Ontario Canada you always hear about you know all these movies get banned and cut in Britain (laughs) during the video nasties not in liberal Ontario but yeah apparently Ontario by a three to two majority vote the film was deemed not approved in its entirety as it contravenes community standards wow (laughs) whatever that means Uh, it was banned because of its brutal graphic violence with bloodletting throughout horror degradation and torture uh, in 1987, August 1987, it was passed by the Ontario Film Review Board, but only after several cuts were made to the film. Uh, New World Pictures of Canada cut about 40 seconds to get the film passed with an R rating, 35 seconds of an extended torture scene featuring hooks pulling apart a body and face were removed, as huh. well as a scene of squirming rats nailed to a wall. Huh. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird. I, it's kind of yeah. weird. I saw that. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You don't really hear about that. In, yeah, you really don't. Usually Canada seems to be kind Liberal. of a little like, more. Yeah, of course. Come on in, eh? Yeah. I guess we, we're more like, we're kind of like uh, France, so we're, we're kind of like, we're fine with nudity usually yeah. a little bit more. But, but violence, no. No maple syrup on there. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I do want to talk about the ending, and that's when we can dive into the engineer. Yeah. But uh, is there anything else? Oh, I wanted to mention. Um, the film did have a budget. It was only it was made like in seven weeks, I believe, on like a nine hundred thousand dollar budget. That's insane so, how little budget this movie had. Yeah, right? and that's why when we get to the engineer, we'll talk yeah. a little bit about that. But that was definitely due to budgetary reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the, the reason why it doesn't so, look great. I was thinking about this. Like this was way before like body mod was like hip too, right? Mm-hmm. Like they weren't like I guess these days people are like uh, piercing everything and yeah, this each other up with like that, uh, yeah. pierces and shit like that. But like I guess like the. Uh, I guess say early to late nineties. That was a big thing yeah, where everyone yeah. was kind of like. Uh, well, originally, and... um, Pinhead even was going to have more of like kind of like a, a tribal piercings. Like he was going to have a big, you know, something stick it through, through his, his nose? nose and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which I think on the the anniversary last year they released a mask of the original. Um, well, that's kind of cool. The original design, but. Um, yeah, sorry. Going back to the budget, I just wanted to mention that it did end up bringing in $20 million. So oh. that's a you know pretty big deal when you yeah. released your first film based on one of your novels and it makes like 20 times the budget. That's like That's insane. like Blumhouse yeah. kind of money. 
pretty big. I, did, I personally didn't realize it was that big of a hit because it kind of seems like it'd be this niche thing. Like, I could yeah. see a lot of people kind of being afraid. I guess it's one of those films where, like, you know, the, the Christians and stuff were probably Against talking it. shit about it, but secretly sneaking yeah. into the matinee showing some stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> or even at that point, like, someone said, like, there is a scene where this guy, like, a butt sexes a girl and uh, <laughs> he doesn't have skin, but this guy with pinheads come out. Like, I am sold, man. Like, yeah. Um, Doug Bradley, I want to mention too, I guess the story has been told many times, but, uh, so there, there's a scene, they're moving this bed into the house and there's mm-hmm. two movers and the guy pretty much has one line and kind of like, again, kind of yeah. makes a comment about the daughter and the wife. But, um, Doug Bradley was originally, he had a choice between that and Pinhead and he almost went as the mover just cause he's kind of like, well, I kind of want a role that people are actually going to be able to see yeah. my face. I mean, that, it's, it's a small role, but at least how crazy would that be? Me. I know, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I guess these later films were getting them without Doug yeah. Bradley, and from what I've heard, they're not the same without him. I, I know definitely the one before, a couple of years ago was supposed to be awful. They got they had like a fat pinhead. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Which, yeah, the look definitely, you know, he's he's got the perfect look and appearance. Uh, the other thing I did want to mention is Lance Hendrickson was originally offered the role of Frank, well, but he turned it down. Ass. I guess he didn't want to end up doing a bunch of sequels. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny, though, because later on he did end up doing the, the Hellraiser sequels. Um, yeah, I guess, um, or here, I, I got a couple of changes I just want to mention. So, yeah, uh, changes from the movie and the book, and then we'll get into the uh, finale. We'll give a rating and then mm-hmm. jump into some spoilers with the finale. Um, so a couple differences between the book and the, the movie was in the novel, Frank's brother's named Rory. So not a big deal, just a different yeah. name. Um, but in the novel, Kirsty, there, there is no daughter. Kirsty is actually just a friend of Rory's, the father. Oh, she's just a friend that has kind of a crush on him, and but she doesn't. She's too afraid. She's like this kind of um, improper introvert, yeah, and she doesn't do anything with it. But she has a feeling that the wife is cheating on her, so she kind of investigates that. I guess and hoping that's that how she finds. Yeah, out. exactly. But other than that, it's all the same. Like where she comes and finds it, gets the box, yeah. runs off, passes out. The movie is actually very similar. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, to the book it seems, other than, you know, a couple little details like that. So she didn't have a boyfriend in this, uh, in the book either? No, right? no. Um, again, possibly the biggest uh, differences, like I mentioned, Pinhead was more, again, I don't think they ever say, I think they're not male or female mm, in the book, but more definitely had more feminine qualities, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pinhead did. Um Oh, and in the novel, the engineer who we're going to talk about, who's this kind of rubbery creature in the movie, in the novel, it's like this um, is, is presented as a man with a glowing head. And huh. uh, the, the, we'll talk about the ending is a little bit different yeah. in the book. But um, I guess, is there anything else you want to talk about, Hell Raiser? No, or? I think that's good. Yeah, like I think the one thing I came away with this film, again, I've seen it before, but I mean, this time was like seeing it for the first time. I don't know if it's because the Blu-ray transfer is great, the sound. Oh, maybe. No, no, it's just a good... It's, yeah, it's, The story's amazing. Yeah. The villains are amazing. Um, even like the um, idea is such an oh, interesting such a, yeah. idea. And yeah, yeah, the box is cool, the puzzle yeah. box. So it's... um. Going with the right expectations, I think yeah. the first time maybe I was a let down because I thought it was going to be a slasher. slasher film where every five minutes someone's yeah. getting killed in a grisly, gory way. There definitely is some grisly, gory me. stuff, but there's only you know a handful of them in I there. I would say more so than most slashers. This has a lot of gore in it, like a lot of mutilation, yeah. a lot of like rats getting like sliced in half and nailed yeah, to walls. But it's it's kind of like little moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like the same. We get to see Frank. There's yeah. you know one or two guys that come in. I guess um, the hammers. But yeah. there's not there's not too many. Like it's yeah, it's definitely. 
not a slasher film. It's, yeah. But to me, I mean, it's it's a lot more than that. Yeah. It's actually like this really, th- there's a lot of stuff in there. I think you can analyze it if you want to. If you're one of those people that want to search for all these hidden meanings yeah. in the film, there's definitely a lot of that. The Cenobites, I think, are great and are such a cool idea. The puzzle box, the, the acting's great by all. Uh, we didn't even mention, mm-hmm. actually, before we do get into spoilers, um, I do want to mention um, the acting from everyone's great, but um, Claire Higgins as the the mother Julia, she's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like she, she is, really, is good. really good in this. I mean, yes, maybe she's not believable that she can. Every man is lusting after her, but she's fantastic. Like she plays it like she has. Is. A, she has a presence. You could see that she runs that relationship, and, and you believe that she, she would is be the so boss. So standoffish in like some scenes. Yeah. Like Frank, go get us some beers. So I, I know because again, I've seen the sequel. I know she's mm-hmm. gonna be back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's spoiling, but. I'm excited to see more of her mm. and see her have more, even more of a character in the, the second film, have more to do. Cause she's definitely, she's the best part of this film, in my opinion. Like I thought every, I thought every scene she was in, she was great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She really sells the, the lust that she has for Frank. She really sells that, you know, she's willing to, go to anybody do anything. do anything and she has that she the things has, that some women will do for a good fuck yeah <laughs> but she definitely sells it she seems like the average mother woman but you can definitely see she's got that dark side in her so when, wild she, side. when it does come out you're like yeah i believe that she sold it yeah she sold me oh, fair enough um but yeah what are you gonna give uh 8.5 8. 8. it's yeah i am I'm gonna I'm go. Curious, I'm gonna right go you. eight and a half myself. Get the fuck out of yeah, here! I, I this film, I, I really dug it on this. Because usually you'll do like, oh, this movie's great. I would give it a seven. <laughs> yeah, no, I, this film, I, I really dug, and I think again, gotcha, everyone should eh? check it out. Um, so again, we're gonna throw the the spoiler time at the mm-hmm. bottom. Just give us a couple minutes to uh, talk about here, and if you you know don't care, I don't think there's any necessarily big yeah. spoilers. So it's not like you know if you listen to this. You know the the movie's gonna ruin. This is no Shyamalan spoiler, yeah. but you know if you don't want to know anything about the last you know half an hour of the film, just definitely skip ahead. Um, so let's talk about the, the ending. Is the ending just gets fucking insane and really it's- grisly and gory. So Frank gets caught by the Cenobites. They catch him and they stick all the hooks on, and you literally see them like tear him apart. apart. It's going in his face, it's like going in his up or like, something. Yeah. Like it's, I, as it's, it's doing insane. It, I've never understood what the term Jesus wept meant. Yeah, so, so I actually looked this up. It's actually like a curse. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you like, kind of say, either. if you're complaining about like, ah, oh, this is a, the worst thing I've ever done. I'm terrible. This, my job sucks. Like, oh, okay, Jesus wept. It's like kind of oh, almost okay. like a dismissive. Uh, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently the original line, I think, in the in the novel in the script that Clive Barker had, mm. he was just supposed to say "fuck you." Oh, yeah. But actually, yeah, the actor came up with that. Mm. Jesus wept, and I think it's such a cool line. Yeah, like that, really that is. line is just as memorable as all like the all terror your exactly. soul. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's a cool line. But um, anyway, so yeah, after she makes the deal with the Cenobites, they catch him, but then they decide they're going to still go after her, which is all cool. But unfortunately, we got this, in the hospital scene, we had this brief appearance of this rubbery creature that chases her it through the hall. It was odd, right? And then it comes back and you get a lot more of this. And I, I think it it might have been cool in another film. I think in this film, it's very cheesy. Mm-hmm. And I think it just doesn't fit. The rest of the film kind of has this like almost adult horror film. Yeah. And then you get this that feels like kind of like it's something that would be in a teen, like, oh, will you scream with your almost teen friends and like the popcorn throws up? Juice. It should have been a yeah, Beetlejuice. Yeah, it just, it just didn't fit yeah. the film. And I think that's the one negative. I mean, yeah. again, I don't think it, the film is so good up to that point. It doesn't no, ruin yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Just, but I, I think odd. it would have actually been a better film if you removed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think maybe the novel would have been, you know, the glowing head might have actually fit yeah. 
the bit tone better. of the film a little bit better. Um, yeah, the only other thing I wanted to mention is um, so in the finale, she runs out, she uh, defeats them with the box. It's kind of a little bit cheesy because I guess what she does is she just like once she solves the puzzle, she just zaps them with it. Yeah, she just kind of pushes them and they zap, and it, it, zap. it kind of seemed weird. <laughs> I don't know, kind of a little bit cheesy too. But anyway, she escapes, and then that the film pretty much ends. Does she burn down the house? I didn't really get that because I go to this weird like almost like a junkyard. Well, no, what. They run out of the house, and then the homeless guy comes up and grabs the box from her. But they burn something. No, he lights on fire. But oh yeah, I thought they burned the the house. house Maybe the house burns down, and they burn the box in the ashes. I don't think they do. I think the Cenobites like. Well, she throws it in. I thought the guy just picks it up and just walks away because he's on fire. Oh, maybe I don't know. Um, Yeah, it was just it was an odd ending. But yeah, I guess in the book the difference is like the Cenobites literally hand her back the box. They sorry, the engineer does. They got the glowing head, hands her back, and says like pretty much you're the caretaker. This pass it on to someone that you don't like wants to find pain and pleasure. What a uh, pretty big commitment to give somebody. (laughs) So I did want to mention so that the creature that does look bad, I guess. Clyde Barker said a lot of people do complain about that, and um, the reason was, yeah, they had just ran out of money. I mean, this again was a sh- this was a yeah. small budget film. Nine hundred thousand dollars, even in eighty seven, was not a yeah. lot, and it was done in seven weeks, which I think it was supposed to be five, and they actually got an extra two weeks out of it. Yeah, crazy. But this, they ran out of time and money for this scene, so like mm-hmm. he literally on a weekend, he doesn't say if it's who it is, he doesn't say like visual effects or whatever. He just says the Greek guy, him and the Greek guy, <laughs> went and filmed this scene. And they got really drunk while they were filming. And he's like, "We're I'm actually surprised it turned out as well as it did because we drank a lot that weekend. That's actually kind of amazing. So, um, yeah, I guess it could have been worse. They were raising hell, weren't they? But yeah, anyways, that's that's all I yeah. really had to say. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that it's goofy. I, I, it hurts the film a little bit, but I don't I don't think it ter- takes off any points for it. But yeah. I think it, you know, it definitely makes it, the difference between a really good film and a masterpiece whereas like you know a masterpiece usually there's you can't really find any faults with it yeah the, i think this film has that i think ashley the, lawrence's acting i'm going to oh, disagree with you i think it was off a bit i'm gonna say the last five minutes does kind of get a bit silly no. but hey whatever and yeah the shooting the electricity out of the box but yeah. overall again like comparing it to a lot of films from the well any horror film i think it's mm-hmm. definitely one of the more unique interesting uh, oh, yeah. premise, premises for a uh, premise you can premises? see you can see Premi. <laughs> you can see why it spawned so it's seven sequels, something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. What, there's another one coming out this year? Yeah, one just came out, mm. actually, uh, which kind of looks like a blend of Hellraiser and like Saw or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's it for spoilers, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, what I came away out of this film is I can't wait to watch part two. I am so looking forward to Again, it. Again, I'm going to keep on watching the documentaries. And, and yeah, I guess we should mention, obviously, we're not going to cover all of them right now. We'll probably go back to them maybe one day. Three? We're going to just cover the first three. I think those are the three, the Ashley Lawrence trilogy, I guess yeah. you could say. I think she's involved in Doug Bradley's three. in most of them, right? He's in all of them, but the, the last two. Okay. So yeah, we're going to cover three now, and who knows? Maybe we'll go back to the other ones. They, they later, have like Hellraiser but... in space. <laughs> well, th- I think that's the last one Clive Barker had anything that, to like, do with. Bloodline? I think he helped write that one. Yeah. But yeah, I heard it's not great. But I heard it's the yeah. last like good one. The last yeah. one that feels like a Hellraiser film. But yeah, I, I don't know. For me, it just felt like the first three made sense to do yeah. because that's what's in the Arrow trilogy. That makes sense. Um, but also, again, yeah, I believe it is the Ashley Lawrence trilogy. So we'll be back with the later films. This film has got me pumped uh, for part two. Yeah, me too. Um, hopefully, again, I don't know. We'll see. There's so many hours of documentaries, but hopefully I may even get some other yeah. movies in there as well. Get for We need to get our what we've been watching back on track. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, do you have anything else to add? I do not. 
So uh, should we uh, get going on this, Maddie? Yeah. Huh, yeah, What's the yeah, 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 yeah. If you, uh, oh, stop once more, once more. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Movie City Maniac. Uh, we have uh, an email, uh, moviecitymaniacs at gmail.com. And you can find us on our Facebook page, just uh, Movie City Maniacs. And we have the uh, group page and the like page. Yeah, join. Let us know if any of the sequels are worth watching, if we yeah. should even ever cover the rest of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts on Hellraiser. Uh, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back soon. Yeah, raise a little hell. Stay scared or we'll tear your soul apart. So, uh, pain or pleasure, man? I'm going to go with a little bit of pleasure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, giddy up. Bye.